Welcome to the Financial Detox Podcast, a show that's dedicated to helping you retire with confidence. I'm your host, Jason Labrum, certified financial planner and founder of Labrum Wealth Management. For over 20 years, I've showed people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. And now I want to empower you to do the same. Join me and my co-host, Alex Klingensmith, every other week as we simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies that will take you from financial insecurity to financial independence. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Financial Detox. This is Jason Labram, your host and my co-host, Alex Klingensmith. Here we are, Wednesday, 614, 2018. Dude, can you believe it's already the middle of June? I think it's Thursday, but yes. Did I, what did I say, Wednesday? <laughs> it's okay. I did. <laughs> See, time's going by so fast that I don't even know what day it is. I think you might be in vacation, but aren't you going somewhere fun this weekend? I'm trying to, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Okay, but, okay. But, um, you know, it's Father's Day weekend. I know, it's awesome. Happy Father's Day, Alex. Happy Father's Day, Jason. I'm the number one dad. Did you see that? <laughs> I saw that, the art piece on your- Number on your- one dad. Nobody else in America is number one dad. <laughs> there was something on your desk, maybe last year or the year before, I think Luke drew it. It was really funny though. Do you remember the one that he... The one where he wrote like LWM is the best or or no, I still have that thing saved. Yeah. It's underneath and it said, what did it say? It's a stack of pictures he drew yeah. and one of them was hilarious, but I... Should I go we'll get bring it? bring it back later, later, maybe That's later funny. in the show. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. So this is financial. We are real people on financial detox. Financial detox. So Alex, you always tell me Let's talk about who we are, what we do, and why we do it. And people want to know. They do. Why are we here on a podcast and why do we take the time and the effort and the energy to record this and post show notes and all that kind of stuff? Because we just like to hear ourselves talk, maybe? No, I don't think so because we do enough of that throughout the course of the day. But I'm so tired of talking. (laughs) (laughs) You are in vacation mode. No, it's summertime. But I think what happens is that we believe in what we do. Right. We have a strong conviction in the way that we help people with their financial lives. Passionate, positive, and optimistic. And so getting that message out to as many people as possible and helping people that we know share it with others. Because we work with a lot of people like estate planning attorneys and um, CPAs yeah. and all kinds of professionals. And it helps us to share this in a way that they don't have to maybe come and schedule a meeting if they're busy. They can listen to it while they're driving around in San Diego traffic this summer. Right. And people, I think, are adopting podcasts faster and faster these days. I love them, but I kind of find myself going in spits and spats. You know, I get started and I listen to podcasts for a while and then I kind of forget about it or something. Then I start again. How are you? Are you more consistent or no? no. But you know what I, what has been happening in my circle of friends and things is that, you know, you talk to your friends and you ask for advice about parenting or, or whatever. If that's a good one for me as an example. Sure. And then we could all use help in that, man. <laughs> three or four of my friends will be like, Oh, you know, have you heard this podcast or that one? And they'll text it to me and they'll, they'll share the podcast and I'll listen to one of them maybe. Okay. And if I like it, I might listen to another one if I'm driving around. Tish, my wife. So when she's making I dinner, I love Tishy. Hi, Tish. She, <laughs> she's awesome. I have three little kids, right? Yep. And it's loud in my house. Yes, so she'll put your is. headphones in. Yeah, you've been there. It's loud, <laughs> especially with the tile. It bounces the it's sound. Loud. She'll put headphones in and she'll listen to a podcast while she's making dinner. Not to intentionally ignore our children, but to give them some, her some space and help her brain think in a positive educational and way. And she does some adulting. By herself while she's making right. dinner. That's good. Not having to get, so that's, and there's lots of people that's smart. out there. Yeah. So that's how it works. I think our message can be shared in, at your leisure to listen to. Well, right. It's a convenient 
on-demand message that you get when it's convenient for you. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we did the radio show for quite a long time. Geez, two years, we had a show on AM 760 KFMB and we were also on KCBQ, which was a lot of fun and it was exciting to be on air. And But, you know, it's one hour, it plays at that one time. And what happened is we end up turning that into a podcast. Yeah. Because we're like, as long as we're recording a radio show, don't we have the audio file? Let's make it a podcast and spread that around. And by the way, to anybody who has a radio show, you should make sense to... Might as well put that into a podcast too. You have an audio file. That's what a podcast is. So, And we reached thousands more people on the podcast version repurposed yeah. than we did live on the radio. Right. No offense to the radio. No. But I mean, that's crazy, right? Social media, internet, it's there. Yeah. So that's hence why we're here. You know, that's why we're doing this podcast. And it is, I think you mentioned something. I just want to say it again in my own words. Uh, not that you didn't say it really well, but we are on a mission to help people. And I believe that a lot of advice in the financial industry is broken. And I think the industry is kind of broken from a standpoint of what the end client gets. And that's why I wrote the book, Financial Detox, which you can get on Amazon or anywhere you go, or call me and I'll send you a free copy. It's a good book. Uh, it is decent. I Thank it's you. Awesome. That's really nice of you. It was hard to do and it's my first book. So probably ended up not as great as I would like it to be. But you know, I've had some good comments on it and people like it. So that's fun. But the premise is, and I think about it, you know, changing the way financial advice is delivered through financial detox, you know, and that's kind of what we do because there is a better way to do it than the way most people are doing it. Mm-hmm. Most people are paying too much in fees and most people are getting advice that's coming from a place that resides with lots of conflict that isn't disclosed. So it's not in the best interest of the client. And even though they may be a great advisor or a great person who's doing the advising, the ultimate advice may not be that good. Right. And so that's tough. And I think we have a duty and an obligation to help as many people as we can. And we want to help thousands of people. We already do with Mm -hmm. our firm, right? We're helping a lot of people and it's successful. And we see that success happen with those folks we're helping. So we want to spread the word. That's Financial Detox. I'm Jason Labram, your host with Alex Klingen-Smith. And we are the financial detox team at Labrum Wealth Management. Labrum mm-hmm. Wealth Management is where we do business. We are an RIA registered investment advisory firm regulated by the SEC, yeah. the Securities and Exchange Commission. And um, we have a very transparent, awesome, low-cost business model. So if you're interested in checking us out, we would love to hear from you. Also, I want to pause for just one second because we have a couple great people that help us make this show possible. And they're sponsors of our show. We do business with them. They do business with us. They're the kind of people we like and trust. And so we want you to know who they are. Let me give them a word for a moment. Hi, this is Jason Labram, your host of Financial Detox. One of our partners, J.R. Phillips at the J.R. Phillips Group, is the man who can help you with real estate. He's your local North County source for all things real estate. For over 13 years, he's built a business built on trust and referrals where the client always comes first and comes before the commissions. You can check out J.R. Phillips online at thejrphillipsgroup.com. That's thejrphillipsgroup.com. Or give J.R. a call at 866 883 6065. Once again, that's 866-883-6065.
Hello. Hey, it's Mark Robertson from Caliber Home Loans. If you're like a lot of my clients, you probably have been led on into a mortgage by a super low rate that didn't exist. I've been doing loans here in San Diego since 2001, and I differentiate myself by giving everybody a a straight story from the very beginning. If you're somebody who appreciates a very transparent approach and you don't want the smoke and mirrors that comes with the mortgage industry, I'm your guy. You can reach me at 858-401-9353. Again, it's 858-401. And thanks again to our sponsors. That is awesome that we have people who want to be part of our show and help us out. So Alex, we are working on listener questions and we have a way you can ask questions. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who listens to this podcast, if you have a question you want to answer, the next show, because it's too late for the show, but next show, we're going to be talking a lot about bonds. Right. There's a difference between stocks and bonds. Stocks is when you own something in your portfolio that is, you actually have ownership. Like if you buy Apple as a stock or you buy a mutual fund that has Apple in it, you are an owner, a part owner of Apple. Bonds, on the other hand, we always use the term buy bonds and the industry uses the industry lingo of buy bonds, but you're really, you are buying a bond, but you're really lending your money out to somebody. So. I think of stocks as ownership. I'm taking ownership of something. And I think of bonds as I'm lending loanership. I'm lending my money to somebody. Lending your money to Apple, for example. Exactly. So that they can go and build more iPhones or whatever they do. Or the state of California or ExxonMobil or whoever it is that you're lending your money to through a variety of different bonds. So we want to spend some time on our next podcast and talk about bonds why you put them in a portfolio, particularly now, how they work with rising interest rates. I think it's mm-hmm. a question on a lot of people's minds and we've been hearing it a lot. So we want you to ask us questions, please, mm-hmm. because it makes the show more interactive and fun. If you want to do it live on the podcast, we're going to start taking live calls, which is going to be really fun because then we get to have an interactive conversation with somebody. So give us a call at 877-707-8889 if you want to ask us a question live on Financial Detox with me, your host, Jason, and Alex Klingensmith. Or email. And yeah, and so the other thing, though, that's really cool, right, is if you say, I don't want to go on air, it's not convenient to schedule that time. Or I'm scared. Or you're scared, then just email us the question, right? You Mm -hmm. can just email, right, to jason at financialdetox.com. That's jason at financialdetox.com. And we'll read your question live. And that's what we're going to do today is read a couple live questions, yep. right? And this next show, by the way, the Bond Show will be on June 28th. So before June 28th, reach out to us to make sure we get you scheduled accordingly. We'll work with our program program director, right? Yeah. What do we call her? Programmer? She's Andrea. our program. We call her Andrea. <laughs> we call her Andrea. She can do everything. She yes. can do anything. Our producer. <laughs> oh, our producer. Boom. Yeah, there there you, go. you go. You can tell me watching. So we have a producer now. I guess so. That's cool. She doesn't know it yet, but she's she's just got, she's got another job. Yeah. (laughs) um, That's funny. Yeah. So this is the part where we talk about listener questions because again, why do we do this? We found that people have lots of questions. And so we are working every day with actual clients like you would be if you came into our office and met with one of our advisors. So one of the questions that's come up a lot lately, it's a multi-pronged question. So we'll just start with the first part here, but it'll start sounding familiar probably. I've got money. This person has a half a million dollars in their current 401k at work and a half a million dollars saved up between the bank and an outside brokerage account that, you know, after tax money, not a bad job. Million dollars saved so far. I wonder how old they are. And their house. Yeah. I don't think they mentioned how old they were, but the first question is a really vague one. How do I invest this money? Well, so the money I'm assuming is already invested. If it's in the 401k, it's probably invested somehow unless right. it's somehow sitting in the money market, stable value fund or kind of thing, right? Ooh, yeah. The bank and then the brokerage account would imply there's some money invested, but 
how would you answer that question? How do I invest my yeah, money? Yeah, that's interesting because I was uh, I met a person today and she said, oh, I have a 401k at my work and I don't know how to pick the funds and stuff, so I just haven't done anything. And I'm like, well, how long have you worked there? She's like, three years. And I'm also, for three years, you just haven't done anything because you didn't know what to decide. I said, heck, please send me an email. I'll help you out. Like, give me a list of your investments. I'll tell you what to do. The question, how do I invest money is really broad. So let's try and narrow it. Number one, you know, you got to decide how much volatility you're willing to tolerate. Like, do I want to invest aggressively, moderately, conservatively, preservation style? How do I want to invest? Because you really have to pick a discipline and a philosophy. So it's almost too big a question to answer. It's so broad, but you know, the way you invest is you get invested in a broad, diversified asset allocation that matches your financial plan and you don't mess with it. Yes. And seek counsel. If you ask that question, you need counsel. Yeah. You need somebody who is transparent, free from conflict that can help you. Yeah. What else did they say? And then the next part of that is, okay, so once I figured out how to invest my money, and you said some things we can might be able to pause on, actually, the way that we would approach that with that person was here live or on the phone, we right. would say, well, tell us a little bit more about your situation. And they did mention they had a home as well. And what other pieces of your world are there? What is your income? What are your expenses? Right. What are your assets, liabilities? So what's the full picture? Like, it's hard to answer mm-hmm. a question unless you have a full picture. And I think you make a good point. I mean, as I hear you say that, Alex, So many people make investment decisions in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, they don't take into account all the factors of their financial life. And therefore, they make bad decisions because they're thinking about it unilaterally or singularly, as opposed to thinking about all the things that matter when you make an investment decision, which is your risk tolerance and how much money you have and income and what is the goal and what's the objective. That's one of the things that we do really, I think, more intensely than most financial firms is go deep in understanding what's the purpose. Yeah. Like human value of investing. What is the purpose for what human value are you going to benefit or improve or help? I think our instinct too is to do what's fast and convenient. And so by just laying it out that way, those things I mentioned, those are, that's how you start building a financial plan. Right. That does take more thought than just saying, you know, I saw this thing on the news. Like how should I invest based on that thing on the news? That's our reactionary behavior, right? Right. There's 3D printing. I'm going to buy a 3D printer or yeah. I hear Apple's coming out with a new phone. I'm going to buy Apple. That's so many right. people think that way. And, and that is wrong. Like that's the wrong way to think about investing. Especially with a million bucks. It's so really dangerous. How you invest about, I mean, just to encompass that is get holistic, figure out what you're doing, make a plan, make a plan. So make Period. a plan and then think long term, right? Yep. And think the decisions that you make now. So you said diversification, right? Yep. So we believe that you, how should I invest? Well, number one, be broadly diversified across. Yep multiple asset classes, right? And across the world. Then they asked another follow-up question. So once you get that figured out, whatever, let's just say it's 50-50 for this example. Like you're 50% stocks, 50% bonds, you own thousands of Some alternative investments in there, yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's most appropriate given your plan that you made Mm -hmm. because we gave you that advice. When do you know when to shift around the stocks and bonds? That's her next question. Yeah. How do I know when when to shift I mean, I like that this, is it a gal? Whoever it is. I think it was a lady, yeah. So. Basically, she's asking, how should I build a plan, right? And then she's saying, how do we monitor and manage that plan? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different strategies to rebalancing. We believe we have something that's really unique and powerful in how we rebalance an account. And that means bring it back to the original risk tolerance and volatility tolerance and return objectives that you've set forth. Because if you just leave it, 
stocks on average will do like a 10% rate of return over long periods of time, give or take, historically speaking. Bonds, give or take, historically speaking, over long periods of time do between 4 and 5%. So if you just left a 50-50 portfolio of half stocks and half bonds, eventually the stocks would be a way bigger piece than 50-50 because they're just inherently going to grow more. And what's wrong with that? Well, you would be adding more risk to eventually you'd be in a portfolio that's maybe 80% stocks and 20% bonds and you'd be exposed to volatility that maybe you didn't originally want. Also, you would never capture the profits of the different things that have gone up versus things that have gone down. So the point of investing, I think, is to sell high and buy low. And everything you do, right? And there's a a really great strategic way to do that through what we call tolerance band rebalancing. And it works beautifully well. And we eliminate the human behaviors, the human errors that come with investing. And it works great. So you shift around based upon your plan and based upon your investment philosophy. And you shift between stocks and bonds. As the markets move. Yes, as the markets move. But you got to have a plan. Look, I mean... It's amazing how inexpensive it is to get an RIA, registered investment advisory firm, somebody who does this all day, every day. I think what we do is really inexpensive compared to the value that we provide and the amount of money we're going to help people make and the amount of money we're going to save them from losing through behavioral blunders. It is crazy inexpensive, right? And so. If you don't know how to build a financial plan, if you don't know how to rebalance correctly, or you've heard 13 different strategies and you're not sure which one, hire somebody. If it's not us, if it's us, awesome. We'll celebrate and that'll be great. We'd love to have you as a client. But if it's not us, we can point you to other people too who are good in the area, but hire somebody, let them help you, you know, let them guide you through that process because it takes some help. It takes some work. You'll love this next question. So I've got my money invested. I've learned now how to shift around this money. How do I know when to get out of the market and then back in? Whenever the news tells you to get out. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> totally joking. You know, isn't that funny that it's just... It's ingrained. It's so easy to screw up. Yeah. Because we're bombarded with messaging and information and new news every day that some could be scary, some could be bad. Some people hate the president. Some people love the president. Some people think, you know, we're going to go to war. We're not going to go to war. It's just like, it's crazy. Interest rates are going up. I should get out. I should wait. And the fact of the matter is the market every year has tons of volatility on an average year. The market goes down 13, 14% on average per year at some point during the year. You never know if that's going to go down 20 or if it's going to go down six and back up or go down 10 and back up or go down 10 three times and back up. So I've even heard people say strategies like my strategy is if anything buy, I buy goes down 10%, I'm out. And I say, well, what if it goes down 11 and turns around and goes up 20? You missed that. Well, I missed out. That's okay. That doesn't happen that often. I'm like, well, actually, I think it really happens a lot if you look at historically. So there isn't a time to get in and out of the market. Whether you're 65 or 70 years of age, you still have a 15 to 20 year investment time horizon. Hopefully longer. Maybe longer. So your investment, if you invest, it's forever. You are an investor, meaning at some point you're accumulating money and investing more and more <laughs> it's and like you're marriage. growing. <laughs> yeah, you're in. It made me think about marriage. It like, so you're I said make forever a, and you thought gonna, about marriage. I did. Oh, uh, well, good for you. If you make a decision to invest, that's what you just said. You're an investor. It's yeah. forever. This isn't something you try, right? You're either going to decide I'm going to accumulate yeah. wealth over my life and over my life at some point, I'm going to start distributing that wealth I've accumulated to live on. 
right? There's two phases of investing. There's accumulation phase where you're building up your portfolio, making it grow, building, you know, your nest egg. And then there's a time where you're in the distribution phase where you're now taking that bucket of money and you're turning the check on and letting it pay you money every month or week or whatever you want your paycheck. We do it all the time, right? Yeah. We have clients who have accounts, they've accumulated wealth, they now have wealth sitting in their investments and they're not going to uninvest because they retired. They're just going to have their investments send them a paycheck throughout the rest of their life. What do we say to someone like this woman who has a million dollars? And I think the reason she's asking the question is she might be scared. So if you're fearful and you're an investor, getting out of the market would be a way to protect yourself from a potential downturn, right? right. Just invest more conservatively. If, okay. if you're fearful and you don't like volatility and it keeps you up at night, you just got to be be fearful yeah. and be fearful and know that you don't like volatility. So pick a portfolio that doesn't deliver a lot of fear. Yeah. Because you can build a portfolio. We're going to talk about bonds. We talked about that. So if you want to ask any questions live, I want to throw this out real quick. Right. June 28th. June 28th. But you got to call before then and call our toll-free number 877-707-8889. And you can ask a question live on Financial Detox. It'd be great. We'd love to get you going on this. We're trying to start bringing in live questions. But if we don't get live questions, you can also email them. And that's what people have been doing in the past. So just email your question. Or you can call us and leave your question on the voicemail, whatever's easiest for you. But again, that phone number is 877-707-8889. And you can also send your questions in to Jason at financialdetox.com, Jason at financialdetox.com. But where were we? But market timing is not going to help you accomplish your long-term goals. No, it's going to add risk. Market timing Mm -hmm. adds a lot of risk and Mm -hmm. volatility. And instead, just invest in a conservative portfolio. Like we were saying, we're going to talk about bonds. Yeah, bonds is a way to do that. So you can have a conservative portfolio. Our zero portfolio hasn't had a down year in 20 years. Through the credit crisis, through the internet bubble burst, there was no down year. It did not go down. But the converse of that is then the the growth rate is going to be much much, lower. Yeah, But you know what? If you're a scared, nervous person, you don't get your cake and eat it too. So risk and reward, yeah, are correlated. Totally related. It's funny. You know what I wrote down? I wrote, if you're an investor it's forever, that's be your next book, man. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I like it. It's forever. You should write you that can... one. I'll take a break. I'm going to go to, oh, I'm no. going to go to Chile or wherever you're going and you write the book. <laughs> I don't think I'm a good book. Maybe writer, I'll go but... to Chile and write the book. There you go. I'm going to go to Panama and I'm going to get those new, speaking of podcasts. So now we're derailing, but. I was listening to this podcast on umbilical cord cells, stem cells. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the crazy work. And there's this clinic in Panama, which is this highly regarded doctor who worked on Mel Gibson and Mel Gibson's dad. And I guess Mel Gibson's dad was like 92 years old and in a wheelchair and not doing well. I'm trying to remember this story. So if I don't nail it, perfect. Give me grace, please. Yeah, especially but, if you're Mel Gibson people listening. But right, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Mel Gibson's awesome. I love Mel Gibson. But he... um you know, his dad was 92 in a wheelchair, not doing well. And now he's a hundred. He went and got these injections. He's a hundred and kicking butt. Whoa. He's doing great. And Mel had like all these shoulder problems and stuff. And he got the injections and is doing great. It's really interesting. Stem cell research. It was actually a Joe Rogan podcast yeah. with a special doctor. And uh, he's got a, some doctor on there. You should look for it. Stem cell podcast with Joe Rogan. But how did Joe Rogan get into podcast? Isn't that so random? It, it, it's, to it, me, it, it is random. Know. I'm trying to figure out his deal. I mean, I respect him and like him. And he obviously knows everything about the MMA world. The guy is, yeah. he knows everything about that. And he's a funny dude. He's cool. He seems very authentic. There's no like, he's authentic. He's man. himself. Yeah. He is very much authentic. But anyway, we're off track. So 
you know, this client's asking a lot of good questions. This, this last one's going to, you're going to love this Yeah, let's one. hit the next one. Let's hit the next one because we're already 22 minutes in. Oh Holy my cow. gosh, we might not get to the last part we'll of this, it. but it's like a four part question to, she's got some money. She's thinking about making these decisions is basically the gist of it. The last part is this. All right. So now you've taught me about how to invest my money, how to shift it around. I'm not going to market time because you talked me out of that. Hopefully. What would an advisor like you do that I can't do myself? Oh, we're still on the same question. It's still same gal. Same lady. Okay. Like, why do I need to hire you, man? Well, you do because you don't know how to invest your money and you don't know the difference <laughs> between stocks and bonds and you don't know when to get in but or you out just of the market. Me, but you just taught me yeah. how to, she's saying this if she was on the phone <laughs> or here, yeah, but you, you just, just explained me. everything yeah, to me and I just, I really. can do my own tolerance band rebalancing right. and I'll buy a Vanguard stuff and I'll just do yeah. that or whatever ETFs. You know, look, you, we have a really good piece called the value of the right, quote unquote, financial advice. Because there's a lot of bad financial advice. Yeah. But the value of the right financial advice, and it shows measurable quantification of how advisors can add value by three big independent unrelated organizations, InvestNet, Vanguard, and um, who's the other? Morningstar. And it, I think it's clear that if an advisor is executing precisely on those things that are listed in there, and we at Labor and Wealth Management happen to be hitting on every single one of those. And what's really interesting is the three studies, they all didn't bring up the same points. So they all kind of were focused on certain parts of value that an advisor can add. But there's eight total things and none of them hit on all eight. Mm -hmm. So like Vanguard covered four of the eight or five of the eight and Morningstar covered three of the eight. But um, we're doing that in all of them. And if we can't add, in my opinion, if the right financial advisor, and I say right, meaning that's a select group of folks, if the right financial advisor can't, add two, three, four, maybe 5% of value a year when they charge you one, something's wrong. Something is wrong because the time, the effort, the energy, the knowledge, the discipline, the technology, the precision of executing transactions, that is really hard to do. I mean, you know, Alex, how hard we work here at our firm with 15 people and spend so much money on technology to do what we do. You can't do it on your own. Well, we're, and we're constant students of the art and the science of doing so. And I think it's right. a really good way to answer her question that even if you're a doctor and you know how to treat yourself, if you got sick or if you even wanted to just make sure your health was going to continue to maintain or hopefully get better, you would probably seek professional advice from a doctor, even if you are a doctor. Now, in this case, she's not a financial advisor. Right. If this is an important decision in your life, one that could mean the difference between financial maybe not life or death, but maybe it is financial life or, life or financial death. You would probably want to seek a true professional who has your best interest in mind, like a doctor who's sworn an oath right. or a lawyer who's also sworn an oath and the fiduciary, right? And CPA who's all those kind of three different. That's what it is. Right. You don't try to self-medicate and do your own taxes when you have everything on the line. Right. Right. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, look, some people are just do-it-yourselfers and they hate the fee, the cost, the potential cost, and they go do it on their own. And maybe if you're sophisticated and a student, you study it all day, every day, you can figure out how to do it. And, and you'll you must do it enjoy okay. it too. Because it isn't about brilliance, right? It's not like no. I'm some brilliant guy who did this thing or you or even anybody at our firm. But what it is about is it's a practice, right? Yeah. That's what they call it, a financial practice, a financial firm. We do it every single day over and over again, and we built processes and procedures, and our livelihood depends on whether or not we succeed mm -hmm. for you, our clients, right? And for our potential clients. I mean, if we don't succeed, we're done. Right. 
you know, and so it's, we have a lot riding on this. Yeah. That's the answer to her. Yeah. Let's get the next question. I hope she got enough out of that one. So this next one, he, he did say he's 60, which is helpful, but I guess. So this is a really good one. He's 60 years old. I have $250,000 in an IRA. And then I've got some money in my 401k at work, a lot of money. Right. But I don't have any money in Roth. So any Roth IRA is what he said. Right, right. I would like to learn more about the pros and cons of a Roth conversion. Can you explain that? Discuss that pros yeah. and cons. Yeah. You know, what's really cool too. There's a new tax rule that came out that allows you in most plans, they have it. If they don't, you can ask your HR person to get it in to allow you to convert money inside your 401k that's in a traditional 401k into a Roth 401k. So the difference is oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, the problem is you have to pay tax with outside money. So you got to have some cash somewhere to pay the tax on that conversion. So the difference is mm. in a traditional 401k or an IRA, they work the same. The money that goes into that is tax deferred. It grows tax deferred. And when you take the money out, you then have to pay tax on it. So as an example, if I have a thousand dollars, let's say I put a thousand dollars into an IRA or a 401k, traditional IRA, traditional 401k, I'm not going to pay tax on that thousand dollars worth of income. So today, today, I'm not going to pay tax today. So maybe that saved me $300 in tax. So it only cost me 700 to save a thousand because I didn't pay tax today. So slow down. Hold on. So if I made $50,000 this year and I saved 1000 into my traditional 401k, I only have to pay tax on 49,000. Correct. And so the thousand, if my effective tax rate was 30%, I'm saving the $300 today yep. in tax I would have paid if yep. I didn't save that money. That's totally correct. Okay. So you have, that's why we say the word and it's industry lingo, but great explanation, Alex. That's what tax deferred means. Mm-hmm. You're deferring the tax on that money. Deferred is a dangerous word sometimes. Yeah, when are you deferring <laughs> it till? Like, so what does that mean, right? So it means that money is deferred until the day you decide you want to take that money and spend it. Like deferring your student loans or it something. It is, it's deferred. Like you're going to pay One it. One day. It's just, you're not going to pay it today. Yeah. So what happens too is if you put $1,000 or fifteen dollars or 18500 or 24500 the legal amount, you can maximize and put into your 401k. That's going to be a big number at the end, especially if you invest it correctly, right? So at the, when you go to take it out, you're going to have a big number. Let's say you have a million dollars in there. You don't want to take it all out at one lump sum for sure, because you would have a million dollars of earned income that year because it's taxed like earned income. Oh. So you'd have a million dollars of taxable income. But what most people do is they say, okay, we set up an income stream. Maybe I'm going to take 5% a year from this portfolio or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're going to pay tax on all that money that comes out of it. Just like you're going to pay tax on part of your social security income. And you're going to pay tax on it. So what happens is you want to make sure that if you have an opportunity to save some money in the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k, that money is taxable today. It's not tax deferred. So you make, in your example, Alex, $50,000 and you put a thousand into your Roth IRA or your Roth 401k you still pay tax on 50. Why in the world would I do that then? Because then that money sits inside that account and grows tax-free forever. Right. When you'll never pay tax again. So not only you already paid tax on the principal, the amount you put in, but now all the growth is also tax-free. So why would a 60-year-old be converting money into a Roth IRA? So when you convert, you have to pay taxes on the amount that you change from Correct. traditional into Roth. You do. And so the reason why you'd want to do that is because maybe you're in a low-income year or you have a series of years. What we're seeing a lot in our tax planning is client is in, they retire, 
They aren't taking Social Security yet. They're not in required minimum distributions. That's when you have to take money out of IRAs at 70 and a half because the government wants their share of taxes, which has been deferred all these years. But there's a time there where you can take money and utilize the low tax brackets and convert that money from an IRA, a tax deferred bucket, Mm -hmm. over to the tax free. You pay tax, yes, today, but if you're in a lower tax rate or lower tax bracket, that's great. Pay tax at the lower rate, then your money now is in the Roth and can grow tax-free. You not only get the tax-free growth, but you also don't have to take it out at 70 and a half like a traditional tax-deferred versus tax-free account. So IRAs and traditional 401ks are tax-deferred accounts. Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks are tax-free accounts. So there's kind of this sweet spot window between maybe 60 and 70 when it might make a lot of sense because what happens really if you haven't, deal. especially if you haven't already saved in a Roth and you're like yep. thinking like, whoa, yeah, I have this chance to take some hit right now on taxes, some hit, hopefully it's a measurable, controllable amount. Well, it is because you know how much income you're going to have, right? And we do tax planning around that. And then you see the long-term benefits where now you're in your 70s, 80s, 90s, and the next generation even. Yep. And it's amazing how tax-free, like the best kind of money is tax Free. Actually, the best kind of money is free money. <laughs> yeah, right. Free money, <laughs> yeah. like matching and contribute, right. you know, and then the oh, yeah. tax free and sure. then tax deferred. Right. So Roths are awesome. I love Roth conversions. Yeah. In summary, you know, I'd like to learn more about the pros and cons of a Roth. The con is you pay tax today. The pro is there's a lot of pros that it grows tax free forever. You don't have required minimum distributions. You can pass that on to a next generation and they can take income out over their whole life, their life tax expectancy. Free, yeah. So it's a phenomenal way to pass assets onto your heirs. This is another value an advisor would provide, right? An advisor, the right advisor would help you do the analysis in your financial plan and do tax planning and Can make sure that Can we offer that, that on this show? Absolutely. Like one of our advisors, maybe if you reach out to us and email Jason at financialedox.com, an advisor will run a tax map on this potential totally. Roth conversion. And a Roth conversion. Yeah, we'll run Roth conversion analysis for you and all that. We'd love to. It's a great way for you to get to know us and us to get to know you. And since we're wrapping up here, we got to come to a close. Oh, we're all, we're done. We're oh going to come gosh. to a close. Okay. Number one, we'd love to hear from you. So yeah. if you got questions, you want them answered. If you want to be live with us on the show, we'd love to have you. We'll answer your question live on the show. And you can do that simply by calling us at 877-707-8889. That's 877-707-8889. If you find it easier or you don't want to be on the show, live, you just want to send in your question, do it. Send it to Jason at financialdetox.com. That's Jason at financialdetox.com. And again, as Alex just said, we got talking about Roth conversions here at the end. We'll do a Roth conversion analysis for you. No problem. Love to do that for you. Gives you an idea to see our firm and how we work and what we do. If you're looking for a new financial advisor, you want a second opinion, you don't get financial planning, you don't feel that your relationship is transparent, low cost, tax efficient, then the financial detox team at Labor and Wealth Management is here to help. 877-707-8889 is how you can get a hold of us for questions on the show. And thank you so much. What do you think? Anything else, Alex? No, until uh, we'll make it a wrap. June 28th. Until June 28th, we will be back. Thank you for listening to Financial Detox right here on the Financial Detox podcast. I'm Jason Labram, your host, and Alex Klingensmith, my awesome co-host, And thanks for being here, Alex. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Okay, everybody. Have a great couple of weeks. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the Financial Detox Podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and resources mentioned, visit financialdetox.com. And if you liked what you heard, be sure to hit that subscribe button. That way, you'll automatically get notified about upcoming podcasts. Thanks again for being part of our community and for taking one more step towards financial independence. 
The content of this podcast is provided for informational purposes only. It should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labrum and Labrum Wealth Management are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this podcast and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labrum and his guests as of the date of this show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements or forecasts are based on assumptions and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on the information provided today in making any investment decision. There is a risk of loss from investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for a particular investor's financial situation or risk tolerance. Asset allocation and portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. 